Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date Mailbag Edition. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. That means we are, as we were just saying off air, about to go into the <clears throat> Star Trek, Star Wars, Star Trek cycle. So let's all just really enjoy the next hour, hour and a half. Yeah, fucking breathe it in because our break is over. Let's just fucking, let's fucking tank up on Billy Joel and ride on till midnight. Yeah, the, this Billy Joel bracket is tougher than... Like, I didn't have to do any prep for Flags of the World, and no. I don't anticipate having to do a lot. I'm not going to eat a bunch of fruits for the <laughs> fruit project. I think so, I like raspberries better, but I better check. Right. So, uh, you know, normally these mailbag weeks don't have that much prep in them. Uh, the Billy Joel one does have some, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not as off the clock as I would have liked to have been, but hey, here we are. Do you want to open up whatever we got in this mailbag? Let's fucking dive right into the mailbag. Mailbag! By Brother Date. On August 7th, Ryan wrote at Brother Date, maybe Feklar of Klingon is like saying Satan of man? Hey, buddy, it's exactly like that. Except for, (laughs) that's also not a saying. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say that, but... So yeah, I guess what you're saying is, maybe it's not that he's saying, you know, it's not like saying Satan of Earth, but saying Satan of man, Mm -hmm. but... That's not an expression, so I, I don't find that a compelling argument. No, can you imagine anybody describing any myths that way? Like, um, fucking, um, what's the name of that Vulcan guy? Who's he's the main Vulcan guy? Sorak of Vulcan. Oh shit, their planet's called Vulcan, so that doesn't. Really their planet's work. called Vulcan, so that doesn't. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, yeah, Satan of Man would be a weird one. Uh, it does, I mean, it does feel like there's maybe a Japanese heavy metal group that's released a song or an album called Satan of Man. <laughs> that feels like exactly the right kind of not the right English. Yeah. Close, but not quite. Yeah. Uh, also on the seventh, Ryan writes, well, what's the minimum word count to win? It has to be a, an entire concept, I think. It has to be at least a clause. Wait, for what? For winning. Do you not remember? Did he win? Did he get a? Does he get a half win because you don't remember the? Because I, I literally don't even remember what we're talking about. Because what you it takes made, to win in mailbag, you made a drop for when Ryan wins. <laughs> by which, by he which you mean me. he gives a tweet and we cannot remember what the fuck he's talking. Ben about. Ben already beat me with a comment about how to win at this game. This is from Ryan. Wait, that was Ryan. Is that a yeah. full win? It's a well, full no, win because I thought it was I understood bad. what he was talking about. Oh. It's a half win because you didn't. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's gonna be. A, you know what? It's a half win. <laughs> so he doesn't. He doesn't get to hear all because it's only half a win. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's pretty good. One, he beat me, and two, I thought it was Ben who wrote it. <laughs> <It's> 
Look, it's been a um, long work day. The minimum word count is not just, you can't just say yes or no. That's not enough okay. to count as a win. Uh, he's still trying, though, because his next tweet on the 7th was, never ask what's worse. Do you remember this one? No, but it's good advice. <laughs> uh, probably just asking what's worse, episode 2 or episode 9? Yeah, it could be. That seems right. Yeah. There you uh, go. Suck right, on that one, right. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan wrote on the 7th. I don't think the critics dislike Baby Grand as much as you guys did. What's a baby grand? Really? <laughs> the Billy Joel, Ray Charles duet. Oh, okay. Look, I haven't <laughs> listened. I don't know. I don't listen to this podcast. I don't know it. <laughs> I don't understand the references. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if the critics... Well, here's the thing, right? Uh, there's probably a certain person who really likes Ray Charles and is happy to get some more Ray Charles mm-hmm. and just holds their nose. For the Billy Joel parts. Yeah, the Pepsi commercials weren't enough. They needed more. Yeah. And so they got the bridge. The album The Bridge. Billy Joel's The Bridge. <laughs> I knew that fact. Uh, we will talk about it because it made it through round one. So it is in. It is upcoming in my half of today's bracket. But uh, yeah. I mean, sure. I'm sure there are some people who liked it. It's very heartfelt. <laughs> well, that doesn't really matter very- here. Very heartfelt love song about how a piano would never do you wrong like a woman will. There are a lot of Billy Joel songs where um, I think it would hurt me a lot if I knew the lyrics. If I <laughs> heard and understood the lyrics, I would be upset about them. This is... Uh, so it's it makes sense... I think both that you like K-pop more than I do mm. and both that I can and that I can tolerate things in K-pop that I can't tolerate in English language pop because yeah. of this distinction between the two of us. Well, look, like I if mean, I don't understand what they're saying, I don't have to pay attention to it at all. But I can't not. It doesn't even have to be that something is uh, juvenile or bad. A weird or dumb phrase can really pull me out of a song. Uh, someone who's doing the opposite of a Smokey Robinson? Someone yeah. whose wordplay is lacking? Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, Show a little wit. I've been saying that there are things... Like, K-pop has helped me to understand pop music. Or not a, understand it. Appreciate pop music in general a little bit more. Because I cannot listen to American pop music. Because the lyrics are all quite dumb. And I can understand them. And right. so it bothers me a little bit. And... um so definitely, like, not being able to understand what they're saying has been a, a huge positive in K-pop. I just, it's not a decision that I'm making. When I listen to music, I don't go into it like I got to write it up for a Star Trek project <laughs> right. and figure out what the take of the song is. It's just, I can't not hear it. And yeah. it makes it challenging in some in some cases. Yeah. For sure. On the 10th, you tweeted uh, at Brother Date. Well, you retweeted uh, NME's tweet. Smash Mouth frontman Steve Harwell told the crowd, we're all, here, we're all here together tonight. 
Fuck that COVID shit. <laughs> yeah, they had a big concert. They had a big old concert. In South Dakota. And uh, I guess they were going to show everybody by getting a big crowd together. And like, you know, COVID ain't a real thing anyway or whatever. So, you know, Smash Mouth's doing their usual good yeah. work. Yeah, and Ryan responded, this guy went to my high school with then a facepalm emoji. <laughs> Listen, it's a black mark on all of us, not just people who went to the same high school as this guy. It's a black mark on everybody who was building Legos in 1994 and Nervous in the Alley came on. Yeah. Probably later than 94, huh? 96, maybe? Nervous in the Alley? Oof, boy. Yeah, probably, I guess. I do remember Smash Mouth being near the end of the KOME run. Yeah. And then saying, oh, that's not too bad. But then, you know, everything after that. Yeah, then Walking on the Sun came out and it was like, oh, never mind. They're, this isn't good. They're not good. And then all started. Uh, walking on the Sun, yes, Walking on the Sun was not such a huge, like, I don't I don't love that song, but there's room for weird musical acts in my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the Squirrel uh, Nut Zippers or whatever? Well, that may be, <laughs> that's a bridge too far, in I guess. the afterlife. <laughs> It's not that I haven't heard that song 400 times. You're sure. But, yeah. But, yeah, then, uh, you know, All-Star, their cover, their very, the Milk Toast cover of Why Can't We Be Friends. Yep. Their even more Milk Toast cover of I'm a Believer. Uh-huh. All the Shrek. All the Shrek business. All the Shrek-related ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, just having to be like, yeah, they're kind of the only band from San Jose, though. That's the problem, is like... If you're ever in a conversation and you're like, well, I'm from like the South Bay, there isn't really anybody famous from there. You say that because you don't, you hope they don't go. What about Smash Mouth? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, some of the guys from Fleetwood Mac maybe had an apartment here once. Oh, I think the lead singer of Rancid went to my high school. Is that? Yeah. Is that anything? You just skip right over Smash Mouth. Exactly. (laughs) And then again, hope nobody calls you on it. Hope nobody knows that fact. Well, you know, all you have to do, though, is go watch that clip of people throwing food at Steve Harwell while the backing band just keeps playing the intro to All-Star over and over again, waiting for him to fucking dive into it. (laughs) But he has to do his lecture first. He has to lecture the bread-throwing people about how they're ruining it for everybody. This great Smash Mouth concert, you're ruining it for every single person here by throwing your bread. Yeah. You're ruining the whole DeKalb County Fair or whatever. <laughs> yep. Uh, on August 26th, Shannon wrote, At Brother Date, I was thinking about making a fruit bracket for you. Mm. Spoiler alert, she later did. But then I came across this fruit, and now it's all I could think about. And then she links to the Wikipedia page for uh, Buddha's Hand. Yeah, I've seen that fruit. Yeah, I've seen that fruit, too. And I started to think about, how come I know this fruit? And I think it's because of all the episodes of Iron Chef I watched. Uh, could be. I think I've seen it in the wild. I think I've seen it at, like, Farmer's Market or something. Mm. Or, anyway, it's a kind of citrus, but it's, it's got, like, too too many fingers like Buddha famously did. Yeah. Um. By the way, like when Ryan said he... Ryan said when he, he wasn't going to do a yeah. Billy Joel bracket. He said and then he, he wasn't going to do it, and that night we got the bracket. She said she was thinking same about thing. doing it, and we got it that night. So yeah, same exact thing. It's like, hey, I was going to do this, but I don't want to. But then, like a minute later, they must have both been like, "But I do want to. I do, I do actually want to very much. Thank you. I actually, I think I should though. Yeah. So now you guys know we've so. got that in the fucking pipe. 
just I think we even spoiled that last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, someday someday we'll have a project free episode. Yeah, everybody look up what currents are. Yep. Jump on that it. That gets its own category on there, but it's not really a fruit that people eat here. Did she put craisins on there? Nah, okay. that's a hybrid. That's a crazy I was, hybrid. You know, I was just curious. What about um did she put like such as uh a fucking um tangelo? Tangelo on there? No, she has oranges and she has grapefruits and she has lemons and limes together those are the three citrus categories that appear on there so you know if you've got a specific feeling about a pomelo or a tangerine mm. or as you say a tangelo how about a pluot any of those or uh <laughs> she's got i mean pl- <laughs> uh, plums are on there uh but i think th- i'm not sure where she wants apricots i just i don't uh, know if apricots get their own section i'm most curious about all the hybrid fruits those are the ones i want to know about and they're not i on think the we're gonna have to generalize you know she tried to keep it to uh 32 fruits oh, so that's what happens you all the good and ones there's a lot of fruits in this world what about um i don't think she even has such as an asian pear on there she doesn't have like an asian pear or an apple pear right yeah what about so apple? yeah, apples and pears are both on there what about an apple pen well, what about a pen by an one. apple apple pen? Uh, <laughs> one of the documental gags in, I think in season one, is a guy gets up and he says, okay, I'm going to do Pico Taro, but it's not funny. <laughs> and then he does a non-joke version of pen pineapple apple pen. Uh-huh. And one of the guys laughs and goes out on it and he's so mad about it. <laughs> so mad about laughing at a non-joke and going out. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, yeah, well, you have we have been watching you have been watching uh, at least a couple of sections of one of the No Laughing Batsus, right? Yeah, we've been doing the 2007 Hospital season, and you have already discovered that it is a lot meaner spirited and more intense than the normal variety mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, yeah, I've already seen the. The few before that, whatever it is, 2003 right. through 2006 or something. Yeah, the hospital, is hospital the first one with the drawers? No, because when they no? went to school, they were curious about what was in their desk drawers. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yes, but the the drawer jokes get more and more, fo- more and more of the show is what's going to be in the drawers. Well, they uh, did build up a lot of anticipation about what was going to be in the next drawer, and it was just a pen, and it made them all laugh a lot. That's one of my favorite kind of laughs is when the people have had very targeted attacks in their desk drawers and then one guy opens the desk drawer and it's just something normal and that makes them all laugh too. But so far um, we haven't seen any unique punishments this season. It's just been um, fucking Billy Club in the butt or whatever. Yeah, it's just going to be clubbing from now on. They're not. There's no, no tie well, kicks I mean, or anything? No. Yeah, no, there are. There will continue to be tie kicks. Okay. And y- you've already seen... Uh, Masahiro Chono slap Jose once it becomes a recurring feature he hit him so hard <laughs> yes well he's a wrestler and I'm 90% sure if you watch it that half of that sound comes from one of his hands hitting the other one of his hands which he looks like he uses to brace and aim sure. but he's still slapping him he slapped him pretty good and uh, what's his name was super afraid of getting hit because he had had some kind of intestine procedure or something bowel <laughs> bowel procedure and he was afraid he was gonna lose his shit literally 
Yep. <laughs> so he was like begging to get out of it, which was making everybody laugh. And you know what? The, whenever Yamasaki's doing that, they all get very mad at him for for oh, drawing yeah. something out and making them laugh over and over again. Yep. Uh, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Those shows. Uh, the the method the, the method by which Yamasaki gets ends up getting slapped becomes more and more elaborate every year. So good. Which gives him more and more time to try to weasel out of it, blame other people. Well, except that he will get slapped as long as uh, Chono also slaps one of the other players. So <laughs> that's right. You start to do some bargaining, some Kwangsu bargaining. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, well, the first good laugh of this season was when they see a sign over by a wall that is turned around and they assume that if they turn that sign (laughs) around, there's going to be a really good joke on it. He tells, he tells Endo to go turn the sign around and then he tells him to hurry up and Endo (laughs) breaks into a jog. And what happens? He falls right into a pit. That's been buried in fucking pit dirt or leaves or whatever. He just goes straight down. (laughs) Just one, 100% could not have been expecting that. That was a huge escalation. The open pit. There, he had still had dirt in his pockets and in his hair and stuff when he got into his <laughs> when he got into their waiting room or whatever. Oh, that was a and one. what was on the sign? I don't even. Did they even turn it around? Yeah, eventually they turn it oh. around. Uh, Fujiwara turns it around for him, and it says, uh, "Beware of pit." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they do another gag later, where a doctor drives up in his car and he jumps out of his car and falls into a pit. So yep. apparently, they took some time to dig some pits around there. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. It is. It was very shocking the first time I saw him fall into that pit because he's just Cause jogging that, along. Some of the some of the things that happened in this No Laughing Batsu have real injury potential. Yeah, just absolute injury potential. So I forgot how we started talking about that, but uh, oh, documental. Uh, yeah, yeah. So enjoy that when you are ready to see people definitely get hit and abused to try to make them laugh. Mm-hmm. Man, distressingly, that's the end of the mailbag this week. No, wait, what? That yeah. was weeks ago. The 26th? It's the 2nd. I thought we were still on like the 10th. Was there just no, nothing like, between like the 10th and the 26th? Like, yeah, there oh, was nothing between okay. the 10th and the 26th. All right. I don't know. Distressing's not... I mean, if that's all they're going to do, then then I'm not worried about it. I got all this Billy Joel content. Yeah, Great. fine. Fucking in and out. Let's do it. Yeah. We didn't start the fire. Ryan did. It's the Billy Joel bracket. Maybe we need to cancel game night. (laughs) You think that the problem, our engagement problem here, is that the people who would be tweeting us are just telling us their funny ideas at game night instead? We're just doing regular game night chats, and then they they don't feel the need to send us any mail throughout the week. It is distressing. It is like we do two bonus podcasts every week now. One is game night, and the other is book, book club. club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Where we, well, like we, first of all, it's definitely if we didn't have all of this scheduled content, we'd be in a real mess. Uh, but also, it probably is. It probably is wearing people out mailbag wise. Well, that's, that's fine. fine. We we have fifteen other abandoned segments: video game power yes, hour, nineties band power hour. Sure, we could do a quiz time. Quiz for Ryan. time for Ryan. Yeah, etc. So, 
We can fill time if the mailbags uh, stay short. That's no problem. But we're round two now of the Billy Joel bracket. Yeah! So, you know, um, we we're not doing this on the podcast because you threw me a 128-song K-pop bracket. Uh-huh. And it's too much. It's uh, a lot. Especially most people's tolerance for K-pop is pretty low to start with. Uh, yes, that was my main point, was that I didn't want to put... Uh, I don't want to put anybody through that. So that's just a fun thing where I listen to a round and leave a bunch of comments in the document, and then you go through and leave a bunch of comments in the document, and you've got your own bracket on the side, and you tell me how they're different, and mm-hmm. so on. Um, I started knocking out songs that I liked pretty early in that K-pop bracket. Uh-huh. Um, I found... I have not yet, I think, even through round two, and we'll talk about the individual matches, I don't think that I've hit any yet where I'm really sad to lose one. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at mine right now. Sad to lose one? Definitely not. <laughs> On my side, either. Um, You know, that is what it is. Like, your Led Zeppelin bracket did not really fully convince me. I don't think I've listened to a Led Zeppelin song since, frankly. I don't think I have either. <laughs> That was a lot of work. It's a lot of focus on it, right? Yeah. So uh maybe maybe in the end we're not going not going to walk away with a huge appreciation for the man Billy Joel, but uh you found some songs that you think might end yeah. up in a some distant rotation in the future. Yeah, I I can playlist some Billy Joel songs. It's not a huge number of them, but I I'm, I'm always looking for more. So the project is worth it for me for that. But you know what I hate is all these fucking chords all over my fucking desk. <laughs> when I have to do an audio project, <laughs> it looks like it looks like um, you know when they figure out how the Borg, like the writers determine that how the Borg do stuff is they got these little tubules, yeah, that shoot out of everything. Yep, that's what my desk looks like. Like I'm in the middle of a Voyager era Borg transformation or something. You just. You just need to commit more fully to podcasting and have a permanent audio setup where most of the cables are out of the way. All right, so we're definitely going to fucking make this thing a real moneymaker then, right? Is that what you mean? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I definitely did not agree to pay $160 a year or whatever to keep this going. What was the old rate? Uh, it's ten to $10 a month, so oh, okay. it's up to like $17 a month now. All right, so it is an increase, but it is... It well, no, here's the thing. I'm also still paying the $10 a month for all of the other websites, so it's not... Ah, oh, it is on top of it, okay. It's a pure additional expense, unless uh, I want to completely delete my other web presence and, you know, no football pool and stuff like that. All right, well, then we need to... Uh, we're just going to get some advertisers, and we're going to make this thing work. Some real... Well, he- some crazy advertisers. Well, here here's the thing that I dislike about this, and I told you this offline already. I did not like how listening to these songs and writing notes made me feel as a person about yep. myself. I felt like it was making me very mean, <laughs> and you told me, hey, the little guy's just doing the best he can. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to be more positive. Right. However, I do already have some things written down that may not be positive, but I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna maybe I'll be able to reframe them, but I'm just gonna try to have a better attitude about the whole thing yeah. because I don't like living in the bad attitude that I have about it. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing you can't question about Billy Joel is that he is trying very hard and thinks he's doing a very good job. So yeah, 
you know, you gotta, you gotta give him that. By the way, then when you, when I said little guy, you said he did look little, and you looked up his height. Yeah, <laughs> so fucking hot five five listed. Yeah, listed five five. Then Marjan and I had had a discussion like over the weekend about whether she was as tall as Billy Joel, and I bet that she was, but I never bothered to look it up, and now I know for sure she's as tall as Billy Joel. Yep. And then like. Because I didn't buy any of these songs. I haven't set up a Spotify playlist with any of this shit. Mm. So I most of the Billy Joel, m- most of my uh, watching or, or uh, experiencing this is YouTube. And mostly I choose the official music videos. To see what wild fucking garbage nonsense right. he's up to. So that like after we made that discovery, one of the ones I watched was the video for My Life, which is the video for that is. <laughs> yes. It's, it's very Billy Joel. Uh, and I was watching him walk around, and I'm like, okay, if he doesn't look 5'5", five five, does he only surround himself with short people? Because he's not wearing lifts because he's in chucks. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he must I mean, surround he could him. have little lifts in there. He could have half-inch lifts or something. He must surround himself with a bunch of shorties, for sure. Yeah, um, hey, that's interesting. One video you're going to want to check out is from the first matchup in mine. It's the video for Pressure. Uh, okay. I think you'll very much enjoy his performance in that. All right, I'll definitely <laughs> will check that out at some point. <laughs> Uh, but we're not. I try very hard not to make this about the videos. Sure. So, uh, I think that the videos give a real good insight into some aspects of his personality, and also just want just want to stay on track with the music. I get it. Yeah, for sure. Match match seventeen, first match of uh, round two for me. Do it. Is big shot, <laughs> and it is against uh, all for Lena. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, Matthew, that Billy Joel thought it was tough and cool to make references to cocaine and, like, say the word bitching in a song? Probably. First follow-up question. Was it cool? Well, no. Am I the one who's wrong? No, no, I, I'm, I can't think of anything I've heard in any of these songs that I thought was really cool. Ernest. Okay. Ernest is the again. It's, I keep going back to it. It's the best I can do. I, there's lots of stuff in here that I go. Well, that's certainly very earnest. But there's nothing in there that I think fucking that's the coolest. So you don't think that there was someone out there who was like, shit, man, he's just coming out and saying it when they heard Big Shot. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, okay. unless somebody else was at that party that he's talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I guess somebody was could, at that. Someone <laughs> who knows exactly who this song is about is like, yeah, that guy is an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I thought it was about what's her name, the the Jagger. What's her name? Oh, uh, Bianca Jagger. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that. Yeah, maybe it is about her. I don't know. That's a rumor. Yeah. Well, again, then uh, the video makes a lot of sense when he starts strutting around like Mick. He does do a bunch of Mick Jagger <laughs> he in puts that his video. Hand up, curls his hand up on his hip and fucking sticks his neck out, and I just went, "Oh shit!" It does make a, a somewhat strong theory, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, in terms of the matchup. Uh, all for Lena just has a stronger chord progression to me. Mm-hmm. And I like the weird breaking news piano stings in it mm-hmm. where he'll just go like, da, 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 da. I don't know. That's cute. I'm not sure I noticed anything interesting or good about the lyrics, but it only has to beat big shot this round. And it does. Okay. Yeah. All for Lena seems like it's one of those, one of the songs where I really, really hope he's channeling teen angst. And he's not like, right. he's not writing about a thirty year old Billy Joel's experiences. 
Right. He's talking about how a lady slept with him one time and then never again. And it fucking pisses him off so bad. And it's also driving his family insane and making him get bad grades and stuff. So I really, it is hope, like, I really hope it's I about can, a 15 year old Billy Joel. I can take it from a teenager. Like yeah. I can put on early Green Day. Yeah. Why do you want him? Stew in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Yeah. All for Lynn is the winner. Okay. Uh, should I do mine then? Yeah, please. All right, we got Pressure versus Miami 2017. Um, you might remember Miami 2017 is the weird post-apocalypse song he wrote about. Uh, writing from a perspective of somebody who had to leave New York when it uh, died in the 70s and everyone moved to Miami or whatever. Uh, and so it's from the perspective of somebody in 2017. It's one of those super dramatic Elton John-inspired songs. Right. Um and pressure has got the uh, the crazy synthesizer that opens up this project every week we do it. <laughs> um, okay, so so that that theme song that sounds like it's uh, off brand police is is from pressure. Yes, yeah, some early eighties Billy Joel where he's like uh, trying to stay relevant. And again, the song is literally about having writer's block. So uh, it was a challenge for him. Um, but I'm gonna say pressure's the winner here. I got a crazy instrumental break that I want to play from it, um, and you can tell me what he's going for. Give me, got any, hey, some help here will be hot. Any help here will be hot. What is it? <laughs> Boy, I don't know. The whole thing um, sounds a little bit like someone described David Bowie's music to him. <laughs> but he didn't listen to it, maybe? Well, actually, that, but that, there is a Billy, I mean, there is a uh, David Bowie part even earlier in the song where you remember in Modern Love, how it opens with David Bowie going, I know when to st- I know when to go out. I know <laughs> when, when to stay in. in. Get yeah. things done. And you're like, well, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Uh, it's super does- weird because it, that's the exact voice he does it in. And then the very next thing he says is, I catch the paper, <laughs> boy. That's right. It's like, what the, where did the, that come from? Cranks the drama up and fucking breaks the knob <laughs> off after that. But he does something almost exactly like that earlier in Pressure where he's like, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you about pressure and you're like oh stop yeah stop doing a david bowie if you can <laughs> and then that fucking um, but instrumental as break, for the synth that sounds like it's going i don't know uh, a terrible a terrible fever dream like it sounds very much like 8-bit video game music or 16-bit video game music but obviously this predates that yep. pretty pretty heavily so i don't know if that was 
from some psychedelia that I never listened to or what, you know, if there's like a, that's a Pink Floyd thing or who knows what the fuck, right? Oh, but, fuck, uh, could be, watch the video and te- um, you'll detect all the Pink Floyd influences probably. Uh, okay, so this is a, this is his Pink Floyd slash David Bowie song? I guess so, yeah. Uh, it wins on sheer weir- weirdness alone. That's all it takes to beat Miami Twenty. Well, he plays... He plays in a lot of genres, and he's not always innovating in them. So I think novelty mm-hmm. uh, gives him, you know, gives some of these songs some standout potential. Oh yeah, I'm always just looking for something weird. Anyway, like if you can play something that I am not sure what's happening, that's usually going to get me to listen to it a few more times. So, yep, that's the winner for uh, for mine. Do you want do you want to do Snake? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Let's Snake it. Okay. So the next matchup for me was fucking Billy the Kid. <laughs> fucking Ballad of Billy the Kid, which was like nine minutes of fucking cold garbage. Um, versus You May Be Right, which again is just every fucking good time 80s fucking Huey Lewis or whatever. Yeah, I Is there hand clapping in it or is that in my mind? God, I would be surprised if is there wasn't. Center field style hand clapping is what I'm asking There's, specifically. There kind of has to be, but my question was: I looked at the um, the credits on it, and he is credited in it with playing the piano, and I could not hear any piano. And I thought it was mm-hmm. weird because that's his whole deal. But like, no, wait, there's not a piano baseline under there that's going do 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 do. I cannot hear it. I tried huh. listening to it over and over again, but he's credited. It makes for sense it. in my mind, but I have not listened to it recently. Well, here's a clip. Anytime. Oh, you cut off right before I, where I was expecting to hear piano. Um, I, I certainly didn't hear anything in that clip. Yeah, and I, I didn't hear it in the chorus. I don't think I even played a clip last week because I figured everybody had already heard it. But um, um, it's not a bad progression. No, it's a, and that's going to be something that you hear from me a lot in this is that there, he does use some fairly interesting chord progressions. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not like uh, weird midnight oil chords all of a sudden out of nowhere that make you feel very bad about the world. <laughs> no, but he does he does things musically that you don't quite expect. It's just weird how he wraps it all in such conventional trimmings. In yes. some cases, especially in this case. Again, I this. On the last one, we found a few different ones that we thought it sounded like. And one that I didn't mention on pressure was, um, normally I say McCartney, but that was more of a Lennon, where in the middle he's like, um, what does he say? Something about Time Magazine. I read it too. What does it mean? Or whatever. I thought that was (laughs) such a fucking uh, John Lennon line. Um, Yeah, but in this one, obviously, all the influences are 
shitty good time 80s Americana rock bands. So, but it uh, it beats Billy the Kid because most songs that have ever been recorded would beat the ballad of <laughs> Billy the Kid. I couldn't believe it one last week. Light as a breeze. I don't even remember it. It must suck so hard. That that one's a big swinger miss for you, huh? Yeah. So, pressure and you may be right have uh, moved on here. Uh, my match number eighteen is all about soul versus the night is still young. Mm. Uh, all about soul opens with uh, a kind of a final lap twin chord progression. Ooh. So, you know, it's hard not to like that. And it seemed like there should be some room to ask the question, why the hell does my wife stay with me musically? <laughs> but this is not it. it it's got... It's like church rock. <laughs> uh, by that, I don't mean one of those Christian radio rock songs where you're like, oh, I don't recognize this, but like this sounds like it could have been Eve Six or something. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not awful. And then you hear it and give glory to him, and you're like, Ah, I got it. <laughs> I see. What you fooled me. Yeah. I thought this was a regular rock. You station. tried to backdoor me. You tried to put Jesus in my back door, but that's not how it works. Yeah. You haven't read the Bible. You, you can't just throw praise in there and expect me to not be mad. Yeah. Um, anyway, but it sounds like uh, the, someone rock music that would get played in a church. Like, <laughs> not edgy. the lyrics are not devotional, yeah. but yes, it's not edgy. Right. Um, it's it's very it's extremely full of musical cliches. The song all about soul. Okay. The night is still young. Um, makes this the official TurboGrafx-16 match no. because this is the one that reminded me of King of Casino in round one. Okay. It's also, it's just less less a catalog of musical cliches than All About Soul. There aren't, it's not that there aren't any, but it's it's definitely fewer. Uh, let me just play, I think, just the opening of The Night is Still Young and you see if you get the same sure. King of Casino vibe. See the passionate boy that I used to be But I'm old enough to say I got a good look at the other side Though we gotta work real hard Maybe even for the rest of our lives Right now I just wanna take what I can get So I presume that what you're reacting to there is the uh, fun decision he's made to double himself an octave down. Yeah. And there's about five, it's about five notes he can't quite hit, including that last, tonight, yeah, tonight. But then also, he sounded like he was doing another latter David Bowie. It sounded a like little, he was trying bit, to, sure. to get into fucking Let's Dance era David Bowie, <laughs> where he's just like... Or fucking cat people or something where he's like <laughs> da, 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 da. Um But okay, so those opening notes, yeah, okay. I, I hear King of Casino, except here's the problem. I would rather listen to King of Casino. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> I'd rather hear the songs from the video game King of Casino. Yeah, definitely. That Terrorific <laughs> Six well, first of all, dumped a lot of hours into that game trying to win that private plane or whatever the fuck. Yeah, whatever we considered then, the end of the game. 
Yeah, there is an actual end to it. I just don't think we ever reached it. Uh, do you buy the you royale? Can, you, can, you end up, oh, you end up entering a contest where the entrance fee is like a million dollars or ten million dollars or something, and then when you win that, you you win King of Casino. Okay. But like, we never got there because it's fucking slot machines. Well, and there's um, no saving, so it's you have to do it all in a go. So it's right. You just play and play and play until you don't want to do it anymore. Uh. So, you know, I don't, neither of these is going to make a playlist going forward for me, but uh, this this week the winner is The Night is Still Young. Okay. In uh, the next match, I have Inamorado, Opus number eight, Sweet for Piano, Star-Crossed Movement one, mm-hmm. versus Allentown. Okay. Um... There's not much chance that I would ever put on a seven-minute solo piano piano work by Billy Joel for pleasure, but it's not bad. Okay. It's not stirring. It doesn't have any moments that catch me, but, you know, it could be on that one light classical music choice channel and not be out of place. <laughs> right. Something to have on in the background while you're yeah. doing something that just absolutely necessitates that you not pay attention to anything else. Yeah, Dad would listen to it, but you know, not not if you told him it was Billy Joel, right? But otherwise, I don't think he'd, he'd notice. You know, that's a really good question. Um, I don't remember our father ever talking about Billy Joel growing no, up. No, it seems like it's a real black hole for him, and he's not a proud man musically. <laughs> no, I mean we heard so much ABBA growing up. That's not true. He used to call himself the Pope of music. <laughs> that sounds proud. It could it could actually just be snobbishness. Yeah, but I mean, like. Abba. No, I get it. And like, um, but that was his secret shame. I wish he'd been more secretive about it. I uh, I think he tried to be. I think it was mom who was constantly putting him on blast about uh, Abba. Okay. She made those. Uh, she made those angels for the Christmas tree, and called it <laughs> whatever their names Anya are, and uh, Anna Frida or whatever. Sure. Yeah, just um, uh, it's weird. Like considering that. He was Billy Joel was mainly popular in the seventies and eighties, and you know our parents were paying attention to music then, and I just literally never heard one thing about it. I think they made their choice, right? You know, uh, there's Billy Billy Joel's got a song that's uh, still on my side of the bracket that's pretty angry about new wave, and they were pretty much all in on new wave. Oh, it's true, they were. Like, We've talked about the They didn't just furs. listen to everybody Wang Chung tonight. They listened to Dance Hall Days. So <laughs> that's right. They were sort of bought in on that premise, and they were ideologically opposed, I think, to uh, to to Mr. Billy Joel's stance on some music. Okay. Well, anyway, it was something I just thought of. Like, hey, how come that never happened in our house? That's weird that you never heard about it at all from him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's other stuff too. Like, you ever hear Dad play a Bruce Springsteen song? No. No, the only no. thing I ever remember hearing was how funny he thought it was when he was listening to whatever weird radio station and it came on and it just said, Bruce Springsteen blows. And he well, thought I, that was like the height yeah. of comedy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, it's up against Allentown. Okay. Uh, Allentown tries to do good work here. Like it has heart, but it's also full of dumb sound effects. Oh, no. And whoever recorded it should be fired out of a cannon into the sun because <laughs> Billy Joel sounds like he's singing through an anemic box fan. <laughs> Let's have a little bit of Allentown. Okay. 
I know this one. You know this one? The one where he says that he's living here in Allentown. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I there's don't like under- the fucking the men working on the chain <laughs> ganger in this one a couple of times going. Yep. <sighs> I don't understand the uh, the need for sound effects. He's he does it in a lot of of his songs. We've yeah, complained a lot last week or whenever we did this last about um how he just plays a bunch of fucking revving engine noises over the end of Anthony's song. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, hey, what do you what are you doing? You made a coda that no one can hear. I don't understand this decision. Yeah, it is like, uh, well, it's on it's on this bracket, sure, so sure. we'll talk about it again, yeah. I'm sure. But um, uh, like I said, it tries. It's not recorded well. The sound effects are very distracting and unnecessary. And listen, Ryan, you let me know if that's just from the fucking music video, because I didn't look into it. <laughs> but if so, it's a bad decision, and it has hurt him in this bracket. We're advancing the classical piece again. I hope. Wouldn't it be great if your bracket ends with that classical piece he wrote instead of any of the pop music that he <laughs> that he fucking recorded? It would feel dishonest and like an attack, frankly. But <laughs> so far, it's beating its opponents. Sure. Well, it can only beat who you know who's on the schedule. I actively did not like Roberta. So it got through pretty pretty easily on that one. What about you? What's over on your side of the bracket? Next up, we have No Man's Land from River of Dreams against Scenes from an Italian Restaurant off of The Stranger. You might remember Scenes from an Italian Restaurant was on the, what was it, The Verge or something? Whatever. Whoever did their definitive list uh, of the yeah. 121 Billy Joel songs or whatever. Uh, it was number one on that list. Um, let's say this about No Man's Land. It is so forgettable that I listened to it two days ago and I cannot remember which song it is. <laughs> don't know. Just no idea at all. Uh, I know. You, uh, do you need me to fire up YouTube nope, and don't risk do a Red it. Lobster? It's ad? not good. I already know who I pick. Uh, it's from River of Dreams, a real butt crack of an album. So uh, I'm, I, I'm not surprised I don't remember it. Um, Scenes from an Italian restaurant. I think last time I only played the the cool horn break that I like. Um, but it's one of those songs where it's like three songs. And one of the songs is plays, plays twice. It's like bookends the other two songs. Okay. So I'll play um, one of, I'll play the second song from this uh, three song thing. No, not pressure again. Stop it. By the way, it starts like a Trans-Siberian Orchestra Christmas song, in case you're wondering. I thought that was going to be the part you were asking me about until it got to the real crazy ha-ha part. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, here's the, the, the clip from Scenes. Clown music. 
some people really listened to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and took all the wrong things away from it. <laughs> That's exactly my point. So, if this was the whole song, I would fucking hate this song. <laughs> he is clearly doing a day in the life thing. He's like, I'm going to do a Beatles-style opus. This is going to be my fucking jam. And uh, I guess everybody bought in because it's um, revered. But the middle two songs, song two and three out of the four pieces, um, are not good. They're like bad story songs about shit that no one cares about with clown music in the back. So... um, (laughs) So anyway, I just wanted to play that bit, but it's still, uh, it wasn't even a contest because I actually like the bookends in the song and there's nothing in No Man's Land that I even remember. So, so is there a version of this song that works for you? Like, first of all, do you like Day in the Life? I like parts of Day in the Life, but it suffers from the same thing where then you get to the McCartney part, but it's not good McCartney. What about the, the simplified version of this? Where there's a song with a very different coda, does that ever has that ever worked for you? You mean where it just it's very different at the end? Yeah, where it's like a second song that's tacked yeah, on yeah. there. So, right well, at look, the end. it depends on what it sounds like. I don't mind having a song that is like two different bits, um, if they both sound good. But if you yeah, switch... I just wonder if you could like immediately can think of an example of that. Oh, um, happiness is a warm gun. If we're gonna stick with the Beatles, that's three songs, and I like those three songs. Okay. Um, band on the run. If we're staying at least in that <laughs> universe, right? That's that's wings. Um, I I don't know that song. I have never. I barely can tolerate the Beatles. I have never taken a stab at wings. <laughs> well, it's it's not a deep catalog. <laughs> Please. Let's please not have a wings bracket, people. <laughs> it's going to be four not. songs. The four songs I can stand <laughs> by wings. Um, but that song, like, there's the middle part that sounds just like a cake song. And I'm like, all right, I can fucking jam to this. And then the other okay. parts aren't bad. So it's like, okay, this was, you know, there was like three different parts. It was pretty good. Um, no dumb clown songs, though, like in scenes from an Italian restaurant. So um, I don't. I mean, there's not a lot of great stuff in this bracket, so I don't know how far it's going to go. It wins this matchup, but um, boy, if it was just the just the one song that I like out of the three, that'd be great. I was just wondering about this because I was thinking about... Well, you already mentioned the coda to Anthony's song. We'll talk about that again later. But Layla? Uh, the, the famous song is Layla, yeah. right? Which has a, a dumb piano coda that ruins the pretty pretty okay song Layla. Yeah, the, Layla is like it's got, it's got all a this... it's got a good riff that he did not write, <laughs> and then it's got a dumb coda at the end that he did write, and it's it's a real waste of everyone's time. Yeah, like Layla's got it's like a good it's got it's like a good urgent rock song. Like you can tell, like there's some manic emotion behind that song and the way it was originally recorded. Not any of the um the other 50 times he's recorded which you skip all the live versions yeah Yeah. um you're like all right look i'm kind of getting down with this this is a real rock song and then yeah you got like the fucking four minute coda which is a a big momentum killer um so yeah it depends on how it goes like if it's if you got two good pieces and they don't necessarily fit together i i can live with it but if if you got this fucking circus music in there i'm not I'm not down with that. Uh, my next matchup was um, New York State of Mind. 
one of the mm-hmm. many songs about the great city of New York. <laughs> it's really a character in the in the whole Billy Joel catalog. Also, yeah, <laughs> it's the main character. Uh, and worst comes to worst, um, worst comes to worst is off Piano Man, and I now I'm pretty sure that that whole record is just about what an underappreciated genius he is. Now a lot he only has two songs, right? And one of them is it's uh, one of the main types. I'm yeah. the genius that is shit on by everybody. Um, so that's not that unique, but um, it does more for me than New York State of Mind, which I would probably be way into if I was born in New York or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you could understand like him playing that at like in concert at Shea Stadium or something. You'd be like, oh, shit, he's going to play New York State of Mind now and everyone would lose their shit. But if you just put it on a playlist and you're doing your dishes or whatever and the things in your ear, you're like, fuck, my hands are wet and I can't skip it. I want to I mean, push Jenna, the skip button. When Jenna Maroney sings it on Tracy Morgan's stolen Tr- Tracy Jordan's stolen boat in Thirty Rock, <laughs> someone asks, "Is that a real song?" <laughs> Didn't even remember that. Isn't that like episode two or something? It's real early. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so New York State of Mind doesn't really do it for me. Worst comes to worst, it's not. It's not like a a clear winner in any sense of the word, but it's. I don't know. It's it's going to advance here. I do have a clip from it. Um, I'll just play it. By the only note I had written down for this was the song starts off like he's trying to act cool, but he can't even see that through. <laughs> he stops being cool almost immediately. Uh, I have always liked that chord progression. That's uh, that's one that turns up occasionally in music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I still like it uh, for that reasons. It's um, what about like the the faux Santana of it all? Okay, uh, well, for me, what I was thinking was that he said what about a reggae song and then said no that's not exactly what i meant yeah i thought i thought i was talking about reggae i guess i've never heard uh, any i guess i mean something else it's i don't know reggae. yeah um yeah i don't know yeah uh also is he when when he started singing what i heard was ray davis from the kinks mm Okay. He definitely like not from one of the better kinks. Like, I'm not saying it's from Waterloo Sunset. I'm saying it's from uh Jesus. Uh dedicated follower of man. fashion. <laughs> <laughs> no, why did you pick a much better song? <laughs> when I was gonna name some real bad ones. <laughs> I just my that's my favorite kink song to drop because 
I mean, not I guess not that many people in the grand scheme of things know it, but those who do always seem to enjoy it. That <laughs> just that it's just mentioned. <laughs> A dedicated follower of fashion. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. No, that's that's all I had to say about so, it. So yeah, the, so some of the records in the '70s, he sings in a higher pitch voice, and I don't know if it's natural, like he just as he aged his. Uh, it sounds like head voice to me. If you wanted to, so that wanted my take on it. That could be it, because the earlier records from Billy Joel's catalog, he sings like that kind of higher pitch. So uh, anyway, so yeah, it's worse comes to worse. Okay. Back uh, to you. I've got uh, Angry Young Man versus She's Got Away next. Okay. Um, Angry Young Man is a little tough to judge because it's actually the prelude that's good. Okay. The song itself is kind of a come down from the real manic piano intro. Uh, especially, it kind of slows down a little bit in the middle for a minute, and that's especially kind of a letdown. But then there is a fun synth break in it. Okay. So, you know, I think I played that last time. Um, no, maybe not. That's not one of the ones I played. Uh, I'm saving it for later, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, you might have played I, something from Honesty. You were playing a lot of uh, The Losers last week. I tend to play The Losers in these because we're, there's going to be more time to talk about the winners. They sure. get to go to, on, to another round. I'm sure that She's Got Away is one of the ones that you think of as a Paul McCartney song. Uh, that definitely could be. Yeah, and it has a like a good chord change at the end of the verses and there's a little bit of a rushed feeling coming back into the next one and those things are both interesting but wouldn't you rather just listen to a paul mccartney song yes that's almost always the case when he's living in mccartney territory it's like this is as good as he's gonna do he should stay in this territory but still but also there's a lot of paul mccartney music right not hard to find i could just turn on the beatles and i'd be like okay i'd be fine uh, I'm advancing Angry Young Man okay. with the understanding that it's not the main part of the song that I like. Okay. Um, and in the next matchup, I have uh, Don't Ask Me Why up against Lullaby. Mm-hmm. I actually like both of those songs, um, considering. <laughs> yeah, I definitely played Don't Ask Me Why last time. Uh, the there's a line where he sings, every dog must have its every day. Yep. And that's almost fun. And every drunk must have its drink or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. The second half's not as fun mm-hmm. as saying every dog must have its every day. Sure. Um, so that's that's cool. But I got to it too late because I've already heard the lyric, every day I worry all day <laughs> about right. what's waiting in the bushes of love. That's right. It wasn't his fault. He wrote his song first, no, but what can you do? That what came way before this, but it, it just... The impact of it is ruined by having already heard a much more exciting phrase in a song also, that uses every day in it. Also, a fucking better composition, like if we're just being That's real. A very, it's an it's extremely good song, and it's much better produced. Yeah. Um, also, the samba beat and, uh, let's say, Latin-inspired piano break in the middle of Don't Ask Me Why yeah. don't seem to have any connection to what the song is about. No. Yeah. Uh... But hey, that's just Joel. Yeah. Uh, As what about the part where near the end he says, "Don't ask me why." Yeah, he does say, "Don't <laughs> ask me why" one time. Well, he's got to keep it straight. That's right. Um, do you know that was the original pronunciation of the word "ask"? Oh, is, did that already come up in the um, 
history of English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a long time ago. Because I'm That's on some old English nonsense. Episode six or seven of history of English, so I'm only like, <laughs> I'm only <laughs> over a hundred behind. Yeah, yes, that is true. Someday I'll um, catch up. That's okay. You're going to catch up. I think pro- you'll probably will catch up before he gets to Shakespeare. Is my theory just based on how oh. many I have left and where we are? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are definitely. If I tell you that we're still, I'm still sort of dealing with the fallout of Magna Carta mm. in the 120th episode or wherever I'm at. Oh, maybe you can help me. Out. Was Magna Charta the original pronunciation of Magna Carta? Well, no. Okay, because but... NERD says Magna Charta, so I just sure. Uh, but the Latin in the fr- in the mainstream French dialect words that began with the ca sound in Latin became a cha sound. Mm. Uh, so uh, there are words where we have bought, borrowed it both ways. Okay, the it, where it stayed a k sound in uh, in the old Germanic, and then a reborrowing from French. Uh. Uh, and in fact, a k sound could become I think like an f sound. In Shit. Old Germanic. So there are places where we have the ka version from Norman French and then later reborrowed the cha version from standard French. Okay. So Yeah, I've heard a, I've heard the episodes where they talk about some of the um some You're of probably the, up to Grimm's Law. Yeah, I've done Grimm's those Law. Sound changes. Yeah, yeah, where they've done those early sound changes between the Indo European and the various other and ones the that old came Germanic. After. Yeah. yeah. Um, lullaby. I think Billy Joel must just like the romantic era of classical music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the piano and lullaby is definitely playing around in that zone again. Yeah, and there's a part and where he means- like vocalizes. There's like a break where he's doing some vocalizing, and he's. Those are actually some of my favorite parts of the song because he gets into some interesting stuff on the piano too. Yeah, yeah. I was I was just gonna say the song has some big boy chord changes in it that come out of classical music. You know, some dissonant stuff, and I like that. Yeah. But I am not yet such a sad bastard that I can put this one on in the dark and cry about my childhood or whatever the hell. <laughs> so I am advancing. Don't ask me why. You're not at the Tony Kornheiser stage of your life where you sit in the dark. Not yet. Where you sit in the dark and count. And then everyone says, <laughs> what do you mean? Like to try to get to sleep? And he goes, no. They go, what, are you, what are you talking about? And he goes, no, just like sometimes I just go and I sit in the living room in the dark and I just count. And they, and they go, count to what? And he goes, just keep counting. Just count forever. Just keep counting. And they go, okay. Wow. <laughs> Not yet. Listen, I'm sure this day, this prophesied day is coming. <laughs> but it has not yet arrived for me. Okay. Let's swing back over to you. Yeah. Uh, next matchup was the longest time. Woof. Uh, you may, might remember in round one, it was The Longest Time, the easiest Billy Joel song to make fun of, versus River of Dreams, the easiest Billy Joel song to make fun of. Mm-hmm. And The Longest Time got the pass through on that. Um, up against Zanzibar, which is a wild fucking weird song that sounds, again, like a mix between something from a chorus line and weird sweaty bar rock or something. Um so it's not close. Zanzibar's gonna win just because it's a little bit interesting and the longest time sucks a hundred balls. But um <laughs> I'll I'll play a clip from Zanzibar here. Um I want you to guess what this part that I'm gonna play reminds me of. Okay. Uh let me get it queued up here. I'll be 
just a little break he takes in the middle to uh, do whatever that was. Uh, this is an interesting question, and I'm not sure. I thought that the the first 20 seconds or so of that sounded like music you'd hear in Midgar in Final Fantasy Hell VII. Hell yes! You fucking nailed it! Okay! Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. There are times, there are so many times, actually, where I hear a song and I go, oh yeah, that's right, Nobuo Yamansu was uh, listening to a lot of music in the 70s. Yeah, that's really what it is. Like, that's how it happened. Yeah, but, um, you could, I always more... hear his influences, and apparently <laughs> the instrumentation on this fucking thing just made it straight into Final Fantasy VII. As, I mean, really, I don't know what else to say. Like, do you feel like I was accurate about which part of Final Fantasy VII you would have heard that in? There are lots of parts in Final Fantasy VII okay. that are sort of reminiscent of that, and many of them do take place in Midgar, for sure. But yeah, as soon as you said Midgar, <laughs> I went, that's it. That's the, just fucking Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. It sounds just like any of the weird music from that game. Boy, so... What's interesting about that is obviously we have both played a lot of Final Fantasy VII Too and much. we were exposed to it together, mm-hmm. but that's not one of the video games where we talk about the music very often. We really don't. So it's not as though we've never uh, had a conversation like about that this. famous conversation we've had about this type of music in Final Fantasy VII. It's just that we've both played enough of it and that must sound enough like it mm-hmm. uh, that that that's. Uh, it was in, in both of our brains. I have heard so many times independently, and I always forget to mention to you when I hear something that sounds like Nobuo Uematsu clearly just fucking bit it. Or just bit it right <laughs> off. Bit the head off the fucking thing and put it into one of his games. Well, it's just whenever that one Van Halen song comes on. <laughs> and is that is it Van Halen? I don't no, know. Van Halen thinking was of the Midnight Oil. Like Midnight Oil. Yeah. It's a Boston. It's all, all Boston songs sound more than a little bit like Final Fantasy music. It's specifically Final Fantasy VII. That one, Final Fantasy VII out of all of them is the most Boston. The, yeah. Uh, it's the most Black Mages too. Like Black Mages seems to be purely born out of Final Fantasy VII. Well, the time I tricked you with that, I did put it up against the Black Mages versions of the Final Fantasy song. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so Zanzibar wins the longest time. You all know it. It sucks. Um, next was She's Right on Time versus Downeaster Alexa. Uh, Downeaster Alexa is not a good song. Um, She's Right on Time. Last week I said it reminded me a lot of Manfred Mann and his motherfucking Earth Band. Um, so I'm going to play a clip of The Weird Bridge. Um but I, I accidentally detected some of the lyrics and I think it's a song about like cleaning up and arranging your apartment before a lady comes over to have sex. Oh, cool. I think. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to play anything like that. I'm going to play the bridge. Um, and you can tell me, uh, what you think of this fucking hot, hot clip. You know I love a harpsichord. Now how do you like it? I am not erect. <laughs> right. Well, this is, is that what you wanted to hear? What I'm always saying, like, Obviously, I'm not a talented composer because I've never composed anything, but, like, I could never, ever, ever make it because I do not have the self-confidence to just get right up in the mic and go, ah! 
and just like fucking wail away and be like, people are gonna love this. <laughs> people do seem to do it, and frankly, it doesn't seem to have hurt that many people's careers. No. But uh, I'm, it's you're good. right. Like, if you have the confidence, fucking great, go do it. I don't have the confidence. I could never do that and be like, this is great. It is a big swing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the harpsichord but he has it seems like a lot of the bridges and and breaks in there even in the songs i like they mainly serve to kill whatever momentum he'd built (laughs) now let's bring everybody down uh not every song needs a bridge right i don't think he got that note yeah uh, and we do, I mean, we were talking about how formulaic a lot of the stuff is and how conventional a lot of the stuff is. I think that's definitely one thing where he's like, and then it's got to have a bridge. Um, yeah, but it's like, well, I don't know if I, obviously I don't want to give Billy Joel notes, but like, I think everybody could. <laughs> Wait, I was stand, hoping he was listening to this whole project so he could. Could could stand to go back and listen to Fats Domino for a little bit. Yeah. These songs are all very samey, but they're also real short and they don't fuck around. It's just in and out with the concept in a lot of cases. Yeah, it's so. kind of like the bare bones of pop music. Yeah. Um, what I don't want to hear is a Billy Joel version of a Fats Domino song or his take on a Fats Domino song. Wasn't that whole uh, dumb record about doo-wop and everything? Wasn't that basically that? Uh, the dumb record was called uh, An Innocent Man. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I mean, we've got one coming up from that, and it's not... It's not real uh, Fats Domino-y for sure. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, what's the, what does he say? Where was who when the lights went out? What song? What? Oh, it's a full boy. <laughs> Shit. I can't remember the lyrics to that song. Fats Domino, what a party. Yeah. <laughs> lordy, lordy. Jody. Where was Jody when Where the lights went Jody out? Where was Jody when the lights went out? <laughs> Standing in the corner, shouting, shout, shout sister, sister, shout. shout. He was <laughs> shouting, shout, sister, shout. Oh, what a party. Lordy, lordy. Big, Big fat, fat guy, man. oh man, he sure could wail away. Oh, fucking great. That's a great song. The girl wore a dress with no shoes on. The big tenor man really blew his horn. That's a whole verse. <laughs> Boy, that is, by the way, I love Fat Stomino, but those are some LFO lyrics. <laughs> what is that? Well, how about this verse? How about this next verse? Okay. Somebody called a cop about half past four. He really just couldn't get through that door. <laughs> was he too fat? What happened? That party was too fucking packed, man. Oh, it was, it was a big house party. That's right. Okay. Cops couldn't even get in. Lordy, lordy. Uh, my next matchup is I go to extremes against Baby Grant. Okay. Um. Why are so many Billy Joel videos 20 dudes in a warehouse playing one of these songs? What is the carefully cultivated image he's going for? Like just a good old blue collar dude who wants to get the whole neighborhood together for some bland rock played at a reasonable volume? Yeah, but as long as you get the impression that it's very sweaty in there, that there is a certain odor that's going to come out of that room when they open the doors up. It does not look like it smells good in there for sure. Yeah. Um, Well, this is another one of those videos, but who cares? This song is so much like the theme song to ALF <laughs> that it has a strong nostalgic pull on my brain. And I I try very hard to set that aside because I'm not a big fan of nostalgia generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also 
he must have known that in a, a song called I Go to Extremes that sounded like this, like he must have known the joke was writing itself. But <laughs> let's let's move on to Baby Grand. It has Ray Charles on it, which is something. Sure. But it's a very slow, sentimental love song to a piano. And I like my love songs to pianos uh, to be a little more upbeat, like Corazon by Bishop Allen. Okay. I really wish that Billy Joel, and this is a bigger critique, just had one voice that he used for all his songs. Okay. Because it is impossible not to think that he is standing right across from Ray Charles doing a Ray Charles impression in this. (laughs) And it smells bad. Is it like, maybe what's happening is he doesn't even realize that he's such a chameleon that it's just like, Ray Charles is in the room. Well, of course, what I thought about was that the one scene in Star Wars where Princess Leia has a British accent and our theory that she's sticking it right to Grand Moff Tarkin with that. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, But here, I don't know. You can decide. They say that no one's gonna play this on the radio. What? I don't believe that. They said the melancholy blues was dead and gone. But all the songs like these, played in minor keys, keep those memories holding on. I've come far from the life I strayed in. Scars from those dives I played in. Now I'm home. Right, also, in case you were worried that this might not be a song about how it's important to be a musician, <laughs> scars from those dive bars I played in. That's right. It's important. Um, here's my question. Yeah. Did he write a song that kind of reminded him of George on my mind and then had the <laughs> idea to get Ray Charles or did he agree to do a song with Ray Charles and couldn't come up with anything and just went, oh, I really like George on my mind. I'll try to write I'm that 50, again. I'm fucking 50-50 on it, frankly. <laughs> Either one of those seems credible to me. But you're not wrong. He is totally doing a Ray Charles. <laughs> he's he's putting one. he's putting in a lot of Ray Charles vocal flourishes, uh-huh. and but then you hear the real one, and it's this is not even. Look, I hate to say this. This is not peak Ray Charles. No, this is old man Ray Charles, and he's still got it. But it's not. This is not even the best version. This but not, he um, kind of blows Billy Joel out of the water. This is not busted, Ray Charles. <laughs> fucking great song. Um. Yes, this is much more Pepsi, Ray Charles, for sure. Yeah. I cannot be sure that nostalgia is not influencing me here, but I am advancing. I go to extremes. And again, to be clear, not because you had ever heard this song before, but because, literally, you love Alf. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yes. It would not be my nostalgia for this era of Billy Joel or this song. Right. Okay. I just have fond memories of watching Alf. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) My penultimate match here is moving out parentheses. Anthony's song versus my life. What is the word for the opposite of virtuosic? Uh, basic. I don't know. Yeah. Basic is used in a very insulting way. But these days, um, tell me if you agree with me. That the drumming in all Billy Joel songs, and I don't know if it's the same guy, and I'm not going to learn that fact, (laughs) 
does it not sound to you like it is someone who doesn't want to play a lot of beats, but wants to play them all 100%? Okay, I'll, I'll do what I can. Oh, I'm not going to play a clip. Oh, okay. Well, it's Liberty DeVito as the drummer, and I, I think he's the best part of the whole Billy Joel experience. So we may have a <laughs> Okay, problem. but he's not. He's not doing a bunch of fancy fills and shit, right? No. No, a lot of the time, no. No, he's doing... Okay. Uh, and you know what? I would say basic rock drumming. A lot of the time, he's doing basic rock drumming. Um, there are certain songs that I think the drums are important to the to my enjoyment of the whole experience. Songs like... Um, Sleeping with the television on, or um, even All for Lena is kind of... Did that not make the bracket? (laughs) Did not make the bracket. Okay. It's one of my favorite Billy Joel songs. It didn't make the bracket. Um, There there are several on my uh, BJ Buddies playlist, which are not in the bracket. Uh, Let's fucking back this up. Did you say the drummer's name is Liberty DeVito? (laughs) I mean, I don't think it's his birth name, but I guess I don't know. It's a wild stage name anyway. (laughs) I don't know for sure. It could be. Uh, yeah, that's the guy who definitely looks like a child molester in that uh, Big Shot video. But also, like, he's playing every beat 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, um, the, we've described him as the oats of this group. Yeah. He's all in. Uh, anyway, I think that uh, Moving Out is fundamentally the catchiest of the songs on my side of the bracket. Yeah. I do worry that, that the catchiness is mostly made up of the weird heart attack <laughs> echoes yeah like is that what makes it stick in your brain um marjan loves that part that is not my favorite part i'd love his absolute disdain for people who are working hard for a, for a living <laughs> his absolute disdain for the guy who's a detective or whatever he works as a cop down on the beat at night he becomes a bartender and he talks mm-hmm. about how he he um, uh, works at, sorry, does he work at Mr. Cacciatore? Down on Sullivan Street across from the medical center. Um, <laughs> but working too hard can give, give you a heart attack. Um, he, he describes later in that part uh, if you can't drive with a broken back, at least you can polish the fenders. Yeah. Because this guy's <laughs> trading in his uh, Chevy for a Cadillac. Yeah, it's his absolute disdain for everybody who's just like a blue collar trying to get by. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, why can't a hundred percent of the population of the Earth be artists like me? Is a very it's a very important question. It's something he thinks about often. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure again we've already talked about this, but the Layla style coda at the end of the song is not well served by peel out noises. Don't understand it. It's not like it's like that from a music video. That is the album cut. Why? What is it doing for the song? You've already you got to know the exact manner and circumstance <laughs> by which he's moving out. He already told us the whole time he's moving out. You don't leave have nothing to, do to chance. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's one of the worst decisions I've ever fucking seen on a on a music record album. Yeah. Now, regarding the song "My Life," <sighs> do you think he offered it to Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> it's just a question I have. Could be. Uh, this is another one of his sitcom themes, a hundred. Which I assume just means that the sitcom theme writers of the '80s listened to a lot of Billy Joel. I mean, I, that's it seems like the Uematsu defense here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it could be. There's um, all of the keyboard flourishes are, I think, too weird to make it in. Oh, the only <laughs> part that could make it in is the main, <laughs> yes. like that part would get in. 
Yeah. Uh, and what about, and I'm just going to play it here, this weird queen B-side that got spliced in for some reason? I mean, it was weird that all the other guys except for Freddie Mercury were free that day, right? <laughs> well, again, he's all—he's just a list of other artists. Billy Joel is a yeah. list of artists. Um, yeah, but it's like it's a Queen song as sung by Paul McCartney. Yes. <laughs> um, also, in that piece that I played, I noticed that he said, don't get me wrong. And I was like. It's weird that he doesn't have a song called Don't Get Me Wrong. That sounds like it should be the title of a... And I know there's a Pretender song, but it sounds like that should be the title of a Billy Joel song. Yeah, well, I mean, let's see. There's a You May Be Right. Uh There's a Don't Ask Me Why. Uh Uh-huh. It is crazy that there's not a Don't Get Me Wrong. It's weird that there's not a Don't Get Me Wrong, right? (laughs) By the way, I'm not 100% sure. I haven't... Oh, there might be. There could be one. Moving out. Moving out's advancing. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, it's just a better song. Uh, back on my side, she's always a woman. Again, just I, I'm, I've tried very hard not to hear the lyrics. They cannot be good. <laughs> you don't, you don't think he's got a lot of good and important things to say about women. <laughs> I don't think anyone could ever even pretend to care for one quarter second about what Billy Joel thinks makes a good woman or whatever. Um. I'll play um I'll play the last verse here. It's up against Say Goodbye to Hollywood, which never had a shot. The only reason it got this far was because it was up against We Didn't Start the Fire in round one. <laughs> a truly terrible song. Which is, mm, mm, it's one of the worst famous songs ever, I think. Yeah. Um, it's definitely uh, a lot worse than another song that I don't like a lot, but has similar energy. The end of the world as we know it. <laughs> that's right. Another one that's basically just listing things. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's not going to be Say Goodbye to Hollywood. It's not a good song. She was always a woman advances. I'll play the, uh, the last verse here. She just changes her mind. She is frequently kind and she's suddenly cool. But she can do as she pleases. She's nobody's fool. And she can't be convicted. She's earned her degree. And the most she will do is throw shadows at you, but she's always a woman to me. Is that a, to actually a duet, or is he? Is that just he's doubled himself, but he's doing a woman's voice on one of them? <laughs> That's just him. That's just a double dose of BJ. Fantastic. Uh, that is a song that never rises above that amount of energy. Yeah. And you keep thinking maybe there's going to be a point where he does, and it never happens. It just stays about there the whole time. Um, he's inviting you to listen to the lyrics, for sure. He wants you to hear his great, great lyrics, but I refuse. I'm not going to do it. I'm able to only throw shadows at you. Uh Uh-huh. 
but she's always a woman to me. There's a line before that where he says, um, I'm not sure that makes any sense. She, um, she can't be convicted. She's earned her degree. But yeah. every single time I heard it, I thought he had made up a new word. I thought he said, she can't be convipid because no. the recording is so bad. <laughs> But I can't understand what he's saying. And well, like, Matthew, can she be convicted? I finally heard convicted, and I went, okay, that's that's a word. That makes sense. But like to me, it really sounds I'm like... I'm not sure the sentiment makes sense. She can't be convicted. And I was like, oh, that's not anything. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that advances the last matchup on my side here in round two is Where's the Orchestra? Uh, off the Nylon Curtain against The Stranger, the fifth best song on The Stranger. Um, it's still The Stranger, because Where's the Orchestra is not a good song. Now, um, I'll play something from The Stranger in a second, but I'm looking at my eight here, my eight remaining songs, and I at least feel like I have cut out the truly bad songs. Like, just looking at my remaining eight, I could play this playlist and not fucking kill myself. Okay, you've still got She's Right on Time and She's Always a Woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would just enjoy the uh, Manford Manness of She's Right on Time. <laughs> and um, I don't mind the chorus of She's Always a Woman, which I played last week. Um, anyway, I will, uh, I'll play a clip from The Stranger. It's not, it's not even that it's a bad song. It's, it's the, sort of the ultimate expression of he's going in with 100% confidence and like 15% inspiration. He just doesn't have a good idea, but he's got a lot of confidence. Let your lover see the stranger in yourself. By the way, that's another one where I detect David Bowie in the chorus there. It's uh, Musically, it's got a lot of disco elements in it. Mm-hmm. But similar to the uh, Not Quite a Reggae song earlier, it is as if he said, what about we did disco? And then he said, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's not what I meant, and you keep bringing the wrong shit. I said disco, this is not disco. Earlier I said reggae, and I don't even know what you did. What was that even supposed to be? Your job's to read my mind, Liberty. <laughs> uh, and, my bassist, and bassist that Liberty stares at while he drums. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you watch the videos, Liberty DeVito's always standing at the drum kit and staring directly into the eyes of the bassist. It's very strange. He does, he does seem to stand up a lot to play. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Sorry. Okay. That's it for me. Uh, yeah, my last match is It's Still Rock and Roll to Me versus Leningrad. Okay. Uh, it's Still Rock and Roll to Me is just fundamentally I don't want to have to change ever, which is pretty <laughs> bizarre when you consider that no two Billy Joel songs sound the same. Mm-hmm. Like, it's weird to come out with your big anti-new wave song like you haven't tried every other single fucking genre. Please like me. Also, I-, I play the music you like. Yeah. Has there ever been a good song about rock and roll? 
Oh, obviously the heart of rock and roll, which is the inspiration for some of Billy Joel's greatest work of the 80s. Okay, so first of all, get out of my fucking notes. Because what I was going to say was old time rock and roll, oh. eat shit. That's right. Uh, and the, But then I said, I guess I don't hate the heart of rock and roll. And then I wrote, what is that Huey Lewis? Is that a Huey Lewis song? <laughs> That's exactly right. By the okay. way, I don't know 100% that it's Huey Lewis, but I also would say, what is that it Huey Lewis? It feels right, right? <laughs> feels like a Huey Lewis song. Um, do you like where he just names cities? Yeah, New, <laughs> New York, Hollywood. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know what the next thing is. Yeah. In my mind, it's the Liberty Bell, but that's not a city. <laughs> then what is this, Boston and Baton Rouge? Yeah, Something like that? Sure. Sure. Maybe play a little bit of that later. <laughs> um, anyway, this is not a good song about rock and roll, really. No. Um, but Leningrad, some of these songs, some of his songs are like he found an old notebook that was on the inside cover was marked G Sumner, but he didn't know who that was and that he should return this to sting. Sure. And that's Leningrad is that for sure. I like how we've developed theories where one, he keeps finding stings work and he won't return it to him. But <laughs> yes, give it back. <laughs> but Let sting figure out that this is nothing. Don't just try to do the song. And also that he keeps having to credit Paul McCartney on these songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, the Leningrad is, um, like 100% melodrama level. Okay. It's got like, uh, do you think that there's not going to be some like red army sounds in there? There for sure. I mean, there absolutely is going to be in there. Uh, what's the other one? Didn't the world world war two was fucked. It was a fucked scene for sure. Um, and I'm glad that you had this great experience where you met a clown and he made your daughter laugh and you were like, we're all the same. <laughs> cool it's real cool a lot of the cold war stuff was bullshit for real woof uh the winner of this match it's very painful for me to say is it's still rock and roll to me Uh uh-huh because that's got to be one of his worst and it just keeps winning (laughs) it beat it beat piano man that's well there you go like that one styles make fights and the style of piano man is to say wouldn't it be cool if wouldn't it be cool if you were in a bar with all these great characters and then the person listening to that says all these characters are the worst and this song sucks and i'm not in the bar yeah Um, (laughs) i guess that's exactly what i did on that one huh (laughs) and um so it's still rock and roll to me manages to survive even though it is not good and then it goes up against leningrad hey what did you like better leningrad or goodnight saigon (laughs) oh uh well leningrad made it another round okay um and it beat it beat a tougher song. Leningrad beat Famous Last Words, whereas uh, Goodnight Saigon was beaten by Baby Grand, which I think would have lost to Famous Last Words. <laughs> All right. So, so we know. Yeah, just like know. pure ranking, it seems like Goodnight Saigon is even worse. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that's the order. Leningrad is better than, than Goodnight Saigon. It's just the way you talked about how there's definitely some Red Army fucking bullshit in the middle of it or whatever. Like, I just yeah. I keep thinking of the helicopter sounds that start Goodnight Saigon and going, fucking Again, God. Not in the music video. <laughs> right. That's right. In On, the album. In the album. In cut. the album. It's important you hear all the fucking helicopter noises, everybody. Yeah, it's uh, Billy Joel seems to mostly be writing for a musical that is never staged. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there's been at least one jukebox Billy Joel musical, but and it's got to include Zanzibar. There's no way it doesn't. 
yeah. Anyway, um, uh, we're done. We're done with round two. Uh, yeah. I, looking at my eight songs, there's still definitely a couple of weak spots in it. Okay. Um, like I said, I'm pretty ambivalent about Angry Young Man. I go to extremes is is real weak. It's in it's in danger next round. It's still rock and roll to me. Has to go up against moving out next round. It's mm-hmm. that one's going to be trouble for sure. Yeah. Um, but we have you know that's still what twenty four Billy Joel <laughs> songs cut at this point. So yeah, I I I was afraid I would like your side of the bracket more, but just looking at the eight that are remaining, I'm I'm checking. I, I don't think there are many that you eliminated that I wouldn't have. Uh, yeah. So I think my side of the bracket is the better side of the bracket. It turns out, which is weird because it really seems like it's alphabetical. <laughs> frankly, it's true. Or at least alphabetical is that that's a big component in how the bracket was arranged. Yeah, so. but like I like all for Lena. I like um, don't ask me why and moving out. But the others, I um, I don't have any any good feelings about on your side. So. Well, we'll check back in on that in a month. Yeah. Next week is Star Trek week. Yes. Fuck yeah. I can't fucking wait. I got so many Star Trek theories that I've been thinking about. I can't wait to plug into this week's notes. Outstanding. (laughs) I'm glad that you're fucking totally cranked to watch Galaxy's Child. It's going to be a hot hour and a half on just Jordy. And what a mess. (laughs) Jordy, what are you doing? Come on, man. He should have deleted that. You gotta huh? delete it fucking clear, immediately. Clear your browser history, Jordan. Yeah. Like at this point, we've already seen him tell Barkley, listen, it's dumb, but everyone falls in love in the fucking holodeck. <laughs> yep. Uh but and that did not make him think I should delete that. I should go delete that program. <laughs> All the Barkley nonsense should definitely have made him delete that shit. Like, it seems like in real life he's realized that that wasn't real, but he definitely gets real pumped about the idea of yeah. Leah Brahms coming aboard. But guess what? The idea of Leah Brahms coming on board should have reminded him to delete the Leah Brahms program. Duh, definitely. Just in case, you never or, know. hey, did, like, put it, put it behind a level 10 authorization that only you and Data can get at or something. <laughs> Janeway will Do it up in. like it's the fucking ship's clock. Janeway can do it if she's not busy doing Omega stuff, but no one else can get into that yeah. fucking thing. Uh, we're watching Hard Time, another O'Brien Must Suffer episode. He's gone through some shit. Yeah. It all started when he got married. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Voyager episode is called Unforgettable. We'll see if that's true. Fuck. That's a bad na- name. It's a that's a bad omen. Maybe that she's gonna meet Nat King Cole. <laughs> sure, in the holodeck. Pour some champagne on your titties and on your vagina. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, and sorry. Is it wrong of me that I th- that's the definitive Nat King nope. Cole? <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, and we're watching the finale of the big uh, Babel three-parter, the Einar. Let's say that's how, until they pronounce it a different way in the show, that's how I'm going to pronounce that. Which, of course, is the name of that weird Andorian. That's, oh, is that the name of that dude? It's the name of his kind of people, I guess. They, ah, I, fun. I, that's as much as I know. Cool. Well, yeah. those are the four to watch if you're playing along for Star Trek. The week after that, we'll be watching Revenge of the Sith. Um, okay. That's okay. That could be okay, maybe. We already have some Scottish audio notes about Revenge of the Sith, though I have not listened to them 
for some reason I want to go in clean. I de- <laughs> I definitely feel like that's going to be a long movie. I remember in my memory it's a long one. It seems like it. They got a lot of stuff to sort of tie up. So yeah. not as excited for that. Uh, you know, tweet at us, mm-hmm. subscribe. You can listen to us on Spotify now. Yeah, Stitcher, we're on Spotify. You, you know how to listen to the show because otherwise you wouldn't hear me say that. Fucking Stitcher heads hey. out there. Fucking unite. Let's perp. Yeah, you're, a fuck, you're a fucking Stitcher head. Listen to us there. Who Let, cares? Let's perp Stitcher heads. Uh, yeah, brothers of brotherhood.com, brotherhood.com. Check out the latest in the Billy Joel bracket. Fresh, fresh off the presses, updated. Hateful notes. If there are any notes in there. No, I took my notes out, and yours aren't in there. Right? I also I also did not keep notes in this Good. F- since the first couple. So. Good. When I tweet this at Billy Joel, when he goes in, he won't see the hateful notes. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> He'll have to listen to it, which will be much worse. <laughs> it's going to be so mad. I wonder if he's petty enough that he would try to come back. I should, oh, we'll be done. We'll be done for sure. I should, he hears this. I should tweet it at him. I'm going to tweet it at him. See, just in case. <laughs> Richard Marks never responds to my tweets, but maybe Billy Joel will. What if you t- have you tweeted at Richard Marks about Billy Joel? Maybe he's a fan. <laughs> if I knew enough Richard Marks, I'm sure I would have detected his influence in these Billy Joel songs. <laughs> Could be. It seems like hardly anyone survived unscathed. Yep. All right, everybody. That's it. We did it. And I apologize. We did it. And I'm, I'm, I want to say we'll never do it again, but we'll do it again. So, sorry. Uh, it is does. super weird because it, that's the exact voice he does it in, and then the very next thing he says is, "I catch the paper, boy." <laughs> that's right. It's like what? The, where did the, that come from? Breaks the drama up and fucking breaks the knob <laughs> off after that. Please subscribe.